bantering the blue shirts. Log they, uh, Talk Radio. I forgot she starts like that. See, those are good things to remember. We'll try again. Hello, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts. This is the official podcast of Blue Shirt Banter that none of you know about yet, even though it's live right now, because we haven't told any of you about it yet. I am joined by who I'm hoping to be my permanent co-host, but this is more like a date to see if this is something that works out. Michael Murphy, otherwise known as Dig Deep. Uh, Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Uh, we're doing this clandestine while the Rangers are playing the Devils in the first game back from the All-Star break. And I just got like the chills looking at John Hines, who looks like some sort of failed cloning experiment with a, with a jungle <laughs> cat and human being. This Very was, feline uh, features. It it was designed this way. We kind of don't want you people to be listening to us right now live because Mike and I are going to try to work through the kinks of blog talk radio. I have some memories of this from my old uh, radio show days back with SP Nation when I was still in college. This has been something, an endeavor that Mike and I have been talking about for a long time. And what I mean by that is Mike has been nagging me to do something like this for a while. And I've just been trying to figure out how to incorporate it, but it definitely seems like a good time to add something like this to the website. We've obviously kind of turned this thing into a, uh, a humming machine, as they say, and with all the coverage that we provide for you guys, be it on the website or uh, the New York Riveters and the National Women's Hockey League and all of the other things that we're trying to do to help cover the team, it just seemed like a natural progression to get to the podcast portion of our internet empire um so thank you mike because you are the reason why this is happening even if right now no one is actually listening it's just the way i like it that's a good that's a good way to start uh we're not totally sure the the format of this right now if you are listening or think this is going to go up for download and when we make the announcement that we're doing this for the long haul you will be able to download this and you'll probably be listening to this this show is going to be just 30 minutes, it's going to be a little weird as Mike and I just kind of figure out the switchboard and make sure that we're all looking at the same thing. It's a little different than it was when I first started blogging or, excuse me, started working with Blog Talk Radio um, a few years ago. But right now, the idea is it's going to be once a week. It's not going to be more than that. Um, the other aspect to it is I think we have to do it live. I just don't know if we're going to take callers. We do want it to be guest oriented. Maybe there's definitely a lot of different aspects and opinions that you can get from people around the internet who are more than happy to hear themselves speak over the, uh, the airwaves of blog talk radio. And you'll be able to find these the same place that you can find Mike's podcast with his brother, Connor rink around the Rosies. It's going to be underneath the, must-read links that generates under every single story on every single web page for Blue Shirt Banter. So we'll have to alternate that out. But for right now, this is kind of the idea that we have, the format that we want. Um, just this is going to be a little bit of fumbling in the dark, but Mike and I have certainly been there before, and we'll just try to jump right in and uh, make things a little smooth and then figure out where we're going from there. Does that sound good for you? I think we're you and I are at our best when we're fumbling around in the dark with each other. It's true. Yeah. We've, we've made many great strides for Blue Shirt Panther with uh, with those types of ambitions. So uh, we don't again. Mike and I were talking a little bit right before we kicked on. Uh, we were being accosted by the, the British overlord that is Blog Talk Radio's automated operator. 
But while that was not happening, um, we kind of want to stay away from some of the heavy stuff. If possible, if we do make this uh, a live broadcast once a week, we will try to keep it one day, the same day every week to keep it consistent for you guys. You could always download it at a later date if you can't join live. Uh, we would like to keep it away from days in which there is a Ranger game going on today. That was sort of the plan with the hopes that nobody stumbled across this because I have not promoted this bantering the blue shirts um, website at all for blog talk radio. And yet our profile has gotten 24 views the past couple of weeks. So I don't know where those people are coming from. They may be listening now. I don't know. Um, Apparently but, England. That's where they're coming from. Oh yes, England is where they're coming from. Usually the chat just tells you how many users are online. Right now it's telling me it's just me, so that's a good thing. I think we're alone. But we're going to try to stay away from some of the heavier uh, Rangers talk, just because we're hoping to include that in a, a much more cohesive and longer podcast down the line. But it just happened this past weekend, so I figured this is a safe place to start the NHL All Star Game, which was dominated by the. John Scott inclusion, the NHL trying to remove John Scott, allegedly John Scott coming anyway, scoring two goals. I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. I had a lot of fun with the new format. Uh, I thought it was really cool. And from the standpoint of actually drawing me into an all-star game where I kind of cared about what was happening, it was definitely on a much higher level now than it was in the past when even with the fantasy draft and teams to score him 90 goals a game. I mean, what did you think of the all-star game? Did you like it? Did you like the new format? Was it cool? Yeah, I think what, what worked for it is I've, I've been skeptical of, you know, I think I've been skeptical of the all-star game and the skills competitions. And <laughs> I remember I have this weird resonating memory of Messier going four for four on the, uh, the target shooting. And then after that, it's just like a malaise, like nothing, nothing else really registers as, significant or important. Um, but I cared right away because of, you know, at first, like everyone, I cared about the John Scott story because it was a big goof and it was, a, you know, it was a big kind of F you to the league. And then when the league went ahead and tried to, you know, seemingly undermine him and go about things in a very, really underhanded way, especially, you know, when, when it seemed like every every hour there's another layer to the story with, you know, his his wife's pregnant with twins, for God's sakes. You know, he's got two young kids, like, moving him from Arizona to Montreal. And, you know, and, you know, the, the format was great. The John Scott story was everything. And really it was the first All-Star game that I've cared about in at least a decade. So uh, if nothing else that says a lot, um, I still... I'll never be able to get over the whole every team needs a player to go. Um, I think it's one of the worst <laughs> in, in a event filled with terrible rules. It's one of the worst rules present. Just uh, why is Ryan McKenna going? I don't know. Uh, because they needed a defenseman from the because, Metropolitan. Because he has to go. Those are the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I definitely, you know, who should go? Zuccarello should go, but there are too many amazing forwards in the Metropolitan Division. So tough luck, Zuc. Uh So yeah, uh, I think it worked. I I still think, in a lot of ways, it dragged on a little too long. But that's kind of the nature of the beast. I don't know. Did you like it? I, I you know what I did, and I liked it for a few different reasons. One of them was obviously the John Scott aspect of things that 
kind of took the game to a new level, if you will. And you talked a little bit about the way that the NHL handled the situation. I actually think that the NHL handled the situation so poorly, generated so much press around the entire situation in the All-Star game itself. It's almost like they did it on purpose. And that's how brilliantly it was kind of designed to get people to look at the All-Star game and think about the All-Star game. And the ratings definitely showed that. Last year, NBC posted a 0.94 household rating. This year, I think it was up 23%. It was a 1.14. And those jumps, obviously, they mean a lot. And NBC, I mean, look, the All-Star game is never going to be a money-making cash cow for NBC. That's certainly not the crown jewel of the NHL package on NBC. But to have more people watching is a good thing. And I was thinking about it while I was watching the game. I have a feeling people came for the John Scott and then ended up staying for the new format, which I really liked. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's that's very much what happened. And the new format was good. I mean, if, if nothing else, we've learned, you know, is, is you know there are many skeptics of the three-on-three overtime, but you can't pretend it's not entertaining. I mean, you know, a lot of the players have understandably voiced concerns, you know, Carlson and, and Ottawa and everything, making it clear that they don't like it. And, you know, if nothing, it's damn entertaining hockey. And when, you know, especially with, you know, Scott knocking over Patrick Kane and stuff, you know, other than that, you know, just just nothing but room for stick handling and silly plays and, you know, goaltenders doing uh saw it in the, actually in the AHL All-Star game too, uh, with goalies like actively trying to do spring passes and like stretch passes. So um, I thought it, if, if nothing else, it was exciting and it was fast, and that's what the All-Star game needs to be because obviously it's not going to be physical. So right. opening and it up the, made it good. The quality of hockey was, I think, surprisingly uh, a pleasant surprise. Because when you think back to past All-Star games, especially the one last year, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like the score was like 22 to 21 or something ridiculous like that. When you think about all that offense, uh, I mean, up front, you go, oh, it's exciting because there's a lot of goals. And yes and no, uh, a 7 to 5 hockey game is exciting, and that's a lot of goals. But once you get to the 15s, the 16s, the 18s, the 20s, it gets to be repetitive and annoying. To have the final game go an entire 10 minutes of three-on-three hockey with both teams playing. I'm not going to say they're playing hard. I'm not going to say they're going all out, but they certainly weren't coasting. Have that game end one nothing, I think, is a, a great indictment of what three-on-three hockey could be. Granted, you're talking about some of the most skilled players in the league performing that in a, a setting that's without pressure. But I agree with you that three-on-three overtime in the regular season is just unbelievably exciting. It's edge-of-the-seat type of stuff. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the million dollar payout as like an incentive. And I'm putting quotations around that. Uh, when you really break it down, there's nine forwards and two goalies on each team, which is 11 people. You have to figure that there's at least nine, you know, coaching staff members, equipment members, staff members, all the people that come in for the all-star game talking about about $50,000 a person, which you or I would not turn down. And most of these people would not turn down either. But when you talk about some of the best players in the game, John Scott excluded from that conversation, um, you know, Brent Burns doesn't need another $50,000 and the NHL kind of builds it up as, Hey, the money's on the line. And not that I would say anything bad about the NHL giving the players more money, but I didn't like the way that it was billed as this, Oh, they have to go all out because they want that money. 
I think it would be a little bit cooler if maybe they adopted, maybe the NHL put $2 million on the line that goes to the winning team's charity or something along those lines that maybe has a better feel-good story than anything else. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of expecting the the team to just give John Scott all their winnings. Um, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. <laughs> I don't know behind closed doors. But you look at a guy like John uh-huh. Scott and you're like, oh, wow, he could really use that money with twins and everything that's gone on. Uh, well, yeah, well, the, the great part is the guy who won the, you know, the, what was it, the, the truck or the minivan at the end was the guy who has a use for it. You know, he's, he's right. going to have, you know, four kids now, you know, because I think they're, uh, his wife is having labor-induced um, Thursday, I believe. Um, and, you know, the fact that I even know that information says a lot about how much, you know, the hockey world, you know, hockey Twitter and everything got involved in the story. And it, and frankly, you know, it shows like the point you made earlier is the NHL kind of failed themselves into an all-star success with how they treated John Scott. But that is just, it goes to show how powerful personality is and how, how in this league, if you, you get someone like a PK Subban or a John Scott and you give them the opportunity to be who they are, uh, great things can happen. And it certainly is more marketable than, a bunch of stiffs and suits trying to figure out how to sell the all-star game. Well, right. So, and I think a, a my, big part, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, I think a big part of that too is, I don't know if you read it yet, but Elliot Friedman releases or releases his 30 thoughts column every week. Um, it's some of the best hockey writing you're going to find on a weekly basis. And he had made a comment in today's 30 thoughts that, the players loved the three-on-three so much that before the game, before the weekend began, there was actually a push from the players to maybe bleed the three-on-three into Saturday. So have like the first round happen on Saturday, and then maybe a second set of games happen on Sunday, whereas the skill competition was Saturday and the actual tournament was on Sunday. And the NHL kind of balked at the idea because they they like the skilled challenges and where this kind of dovetails into your comments about marketing the game no one is better at marketing the nhl players than the nhl players and it's not the hardest shot competition although i think that that's definitely the one that resonates the most on twitter or social media because it's easy you can gif it shea weber is shooting a shot at 108 miles per hour it's ridiculous like that's just something that it's mind-blowing but i think the shootout is really where the skills competition kind of takes on a new life and one of my favorite moments was last year when in response to, uh, I think it was Ryan Johansson, right? Took out a a young child to kind of take the shootout for him. And Voracek responded by grabbing Johnny Gaudreau, who is a smaller hockey player and making him take the shootout for him. Those moments are genuinely funny. And I mean, you see the PK Subban coming out as Yarmir Yager or Brent Burns making fun of himself for being Chewbacca with his beard and his missing teeth and him being out there with his kid or uh, Dirks Bentley took the the shootout shot with James Neal. I think it was, those are, are moments that are, they're quick. You can capture them. They don't take a lot of time, but you watch that and you think, my God, I want to know more about these guys. I want to know more about what's going on. That's a really cool thing to see. And I was genuinely laughing when PK Subban came out as Yarmir Yager. I thought it was fantastic. And you just don't get those moments in an all-star game with players who don't have that type of personality. Uh, I don't think the NFL Pro Bowl game is like that at all. I think the NBA Pro Bowl or the NBA Pro Bowl, the NBA all-star game is a little bit more of 
sort of just showcasing an offense and whatever it is. This is a genuine fun event. And I think part of the reason why the NHL didn't want to move anything to Saturday is that they want that event to happen. They want those players to market themselves like that. I think the the skills competition is pretty unique. You know, I I don't know enough about the other major sports to know, you know, I remember growing up, there's, you know, like a three point shooting contest and stuff like that. And maybe there's a point to be made about, you know, since the shootout's been, you know, used as a tiebreaker that, you know, in some ways seeing shootout moves and seeing, you know, something like a shootout uh, competition and the skills competition is a little bit diminished just because it's not quite the novelty that it used to be, but the skills competition is still a really special thing. I mean, I, I know I'm not alone and, you know, obviously uh, I fell in love with the new format. Like I think most people did, but before that I really only gave a damn about the skills competition. Like I would watch it and then, you know, the all-star game itself has, has been kind of forgettable up until the season. And, you know, there's still a few goofy things like, you know, the saucing, you know, saucer passes into the tiny nets and stuff like that, where it's just like, oh, boy, okay, do we really? All right. And, you know, then you, they also do the stuff where they try to preserve the dignity. I mean, I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget Tim Thomas in a goalie race. Uh, you know, they, they'll let players be, be themselves and have fun. And I think that's what the NHL has done such a good job with with the especially well, think, the skills competition. So I think it's important for the, the NHL to embrace that the all-star game isn't this serious thing that it's supposed to be fun. And I do want to give the NHL credit for attempting to do that. Uh, the fantasy draft, I think was a big step in that direction, even though it's gone now. Um, you know, the NBA all-star game, I think the closest comparison to the shootout would be the dunk competition. Although the NBA dunk contest is on a whole different level in terms of popularity and, just the way that it is, it's just so much more athletic that it's crazy. Mm. But I kind of felt like the NHL All-Star game was a little quirky this year, and in a good way. Yeah, You have to have fun with it. I, I hate the fact that the, the MLB All-Star game it, it has anything to do with the World Series at all. Um, the Pro Bowl and the NFL is like, oh, it's kind of fun, but that's a real gimmick. You don't even tackle. Players don't want to hurt each other. So the NHL kind of has an opportunity here to sort of, and again, not that any sport really wants to make the all-star game their niche event. That's not the way to make money. That's not the way to grow the game. But for a sport like the NHL that could definitely use more fans and can definitely use more fanfare, I think they're going about it the right way. So uh, I was also impressed. That I think they're going to keep things this way. I'm kind of curious to see what happens with the actual voting process since John Scott got in. Um, Elliot Friedman in his column today also mentioned that the NHL might want to look into, and I think he was just speculating. I don't think this is anything that's actually um, come up from the NHL level, maybe having one spot be designated for a grinder or a fourth line guy who would never get a chance to go, but uh, definitely makes contributions to his team. Because as much as John Scott is not someone that you would expect to see at an all-star game from a skill standpoint, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a positive impact on his team or is someone that the guys respect. And at the end of the day, that's really the entire purpose of being there in the first place. So like yeah, I said, the I, NHL, I, go ahead. No, I don't, I don't mean to be too cynical, but I, I can almost feel from here, like uh, the NHL trying to figure out a way to bottle this, like, you know, trying to find a way to fabricate it and make it happen again. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Friedman was just speculating, 
and all that. But the reason this was so special is because, you know, in his Players' Tribune article, you know, it's right in the title of it, A Guy Like Me, uh, the piece that John Scott wrote. And you can't really fabricate that. Like, you know, you can try and, you know, find a way to echo some of the special moments and what made it special. But what made it special is that it was against, it was like anti-establishment. Like it got really like heavy and weird and it got into this whole, you know, nebulous area area of like, who's the all-star game for? I'm pretty sure it's for the fans. And, you know, personally, I think it would be amazing if the all-star game was nothing but, you know, a bunch of veterans and you know, like third line grinders. Like I would, I would watch that game a hell of a lot sooner than I would watch, you know, just, you know, Claude Giroux just kind of laughing his ass off the entire time and then, you know, goofing around. But, you know, that's just me. I don't know what most people would would consider to be, you know, a palatable experience. But um, I kind of, I'm kind of cringing already, guessing that the league is going to try and make something like the John Scott experience happen again. But again, that's, probably because of, you know a lot of cynicism has been bred into me over the years with uh, with the National Hockey League and the decisions that it makes but yeah I, I definitely agree I think the point you made a few minutes ago that the NHL kind of backed into this successful all-star game is, is probably the most accurate way to put it and yeah. I just think that I agree with you they're going to try to figure out something to do maybe it works maybe it doesn't I mean let's give the NHL credit in the fact that they are trying to fix some of the problems they have. I think three on three overtime this year is a big part of that to kind of get away from so many points being generated from the shootout. But I think that the NHL also has to be careful because you can overstep that line from gimmicky to, okay, this is just ridiculous. So overall I was impressed. I thought the all-star game was uh, pretty good and a lot more people watched, which is a good thing. And, I like the format a lot, and the players seem to like it, and that's a big part of it, too, because you certainly don't want uh, a situation like the NFL had where guys are just turning down invitations left and right. Uh, the NFL doesn't have a rule, and the NHL certainly had a little bit of that with uh, Taves and uh, Alexander Ovechkin turning down their invites last minute. But um, overall, I, I was impressed. I thought it was good. So we've wasted or spent like 15 minutes on the All-Star game. This is the New York Rangers podcast. Uh, so I just said Ryan like McDonough's name. We're fine. We're good. You did say Ryan McDonough's name. You're right. See that? We covered it. We can just coast yeah, in the next boom. seven minutes. I don't want to hear anything. Uh, like I said, we kind of wanted to stay away from the uh, heavier New York Rangers stuff because there is going to be a podcast next week. We hope um, once this officially gets announced that, you know, we'll cover some of the bigger stuff. But Mike and I sort of laid out a few different topics that we might talk about. One of them is, have you given up on Kreider yet? The other one was about Hayes. One of them was thoughts leading up to the deadline. Mike, I will give you the freedom to pick what topic you want to talk about. It could be anything you want. It does not have to be one of the ones that I made for you. It doesn't even have to be Rangers related if you want, but I will give you the choice and put you on the spot. Yeah, let's talk about the All-Star game. Uh, no, uh, let's talk Kreider. Okay, let's talk Kreider. So the question that I posed to Mike, and I think we will probably get into this a little bit more uh, next, I keep saying next week, we have, to, we have to see if Mike enjoys this enough to kind of to hop on. And I, I'm making jokes. He's a, a busy guy. He has his own podcast, which I hope you all listen to. Um, like I said, you could find it at the bottom of the page by the links. But let's talk about Chris Kreider. 
there are a lot of people who are hoping that Crider is going to be included in deals up to the trade deadline. There are a lot of people who think Crider is not worth whatever money they're anticipating he's going to get because he's a restricted free agent this summer. Mike, you told me you could talk for hours about Crider alone. Let's hear what you have to say. Well, I think much like everyone, I was blown away early by what, you know, the the terms I always hear, you know, bandied about with Kreider, you know, potential, speed, strength, and raw talent. Uh, The problem I've had with Kreider is that he strikes me as a bit of a one-dimensional player, um, and that's a troublesome thing, and it's the reason why I prefer Kevin Hayes over Kreider, because Hayes has the ability to make players around him better and generate offense, whereas Kreider seemingly, you know, is, when is he at his most effective? On the rush, you know, barreling towards the net, and it all is really depends on whether or not. Hmm? I'm sorry? I said destroying goalies' lives. Yeah, exactly, destroying destroying, uh, ligaments and all sorts of things, but I... The pro- the biggest problem I have with Crowder, I think, is that I haven't seen him catch up to the NHL level in terms of the game, the part of the game that's played between the ears, the decision-making. Um, and it's not just things like, you know, goofy penalties that he shouldn't take, which he does, but I don't think that's like a, a serious uh, a serious wart for him. I think the problem I have is more just uh, where how he reads the play, how he plays off the puck, um, how he's trying to make offense happen when it's not on the rush. I mean, do you can you think of Chris Kreider goals that aren't scored on the rush? I mean, it's he's a very tricky player to defend, and I think he's tricky to defend for a good reason. He's really exciting to watch. He's a guy who, you know, it's really easy to fall in love with him. You know, he's an American kid who's he can jump out of a swimming pool. You know, <laughs> from you know, with that famous video or Vine or whatever the hell it was. And he's been, you know, he's been a polarizing player essentially since he, he came came to the Rangers. But I've been falling out of love with him all season long. And I, I am one of the questions I ask myself, which I often put myself in the dark with, is how much money is too much for Kreider? And I can't even come close to a figure. So, I mean, what do you think of Crowder? So I have been a Crowder supporter since he was drafted by the Rangers. Um, I'm going to get uh, called a fanboy, I'm sure, for a lot of my love for Crowder. I was the guy who was making the hashtag, I didn't give up on Crowder when Crowder had his breakout year a couple years ago. Um, I I mean, my thoughts on Crowder are a little mixed as well. I I definitely see the concerns about the intelligence portion of the game. And I don't really mean that as an insult to him, because I I think it's hard for a hockey player to be, quote unquote, dumb. But I definitely think you can question a hockey player's decision making. And Crowder really isn't at the level that you'd like to see. I think he has a lethal shot. I really do. I think he has the shot to be an elite goal scorer. But I don't think he has the best hands, and that's sort of a contradiction. But, I mean, Rick Nash, let's take kind of a different look at things. Rick Nash is not a good shooter. He does not have a great shot, but he has unbelievable hands and close. 
You'll never see Nash streaking down the wing and sniping corner after corner. That's something you could see Kreider doing that you alluded to, but that's not really Rick Nash's game. But I would consider Rick Nash an elite goal scorer. And the term that most people use for that is sniper. And I think it's misleading because you don't have to be a sniper to be an elite goal scorer. And I think Nash is the proof of that. Kreider is like the exact opposite. Kreider is a sniper who right now is not an elite goal scorer. And I'm not sure that Kreider is the best hands, you know, in close. I'm not sure Kreider is the best hands, period. But I do think he has a very dangerous shot. To your point, Mike, when – see, I don't know if people hear that or not. I'm pretty sure they do. But when this show ends, just for the people who may or may not be listening right now, if you're listening live, when our time ends, so in 90 seconds this show is going to end, you're no longer going to be able to hear the show. If we run long, and it looks like Mike and I will run about five minutes long, you will be able to hear that when you download the episode afterwards. So um, just keep that in mind when you're listening. I, I know that there are certainly, like, there she goes again. So in 60 seconds, this will end. Mike and I will probably go like two minutes long. Those two minutes, if it happened to be something more expansive, uh, you would be able to get when you download it. But um, I guess I was cut off mid-Crider. I, I should probably just say thank you to anyone who did listen. Like I said, I'm looking at the chat right now. I don't think anyone actually did. But hopefully this is something that you guys are going to like. Hopefully it's something that you guys are going to, um, want to see and on a weekly basis and something that you guys are rushing to download uh, something to keep you busy on the train or your commute to work once a week. And ultimately we're hoping that it just kind of expands the coverage that we're currently giving you guys for the team itself. It's obviously a little competitive. Dave over at Blue Sea Blogs has his own podcast. He just started. I promise you ours has been in the works uh, longer than that. If anybody thinks that we copied him, but it was definitely a uh, good time to get involved. So Mike, I'll let you quickly plug your stuff so that people might hear it before they uh, go offline. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can read me at Blue Banner and todayslapshot.com. Uh, I write Rangers, Riveters, and Fantasy Hockey. And uh, do um, Blue Banner, do Rink Around the Rosies with Connor Murphy, brother, unfortunately, uh, where we talk Riveters hockey. Yeah, Mike is uh, also, I guess at this point, we'll have to say, managing editor of the New York Rangers, uh, or excuse me, the Blue Shirt Banter slash Riveters page, which is pretty much all, or it is all Riveters news. Uh, Beth is also helping him out over there. We have a couple of different people who are contributing. Connor is another one of them. Ryan is one too. Um, Just kind of giving you the full coverage of the Riveters. We think it's important to cover all of New York hockey. Um, I'll leave the rest of my Crider thoughts, I think, to the, uh, the real episode where people can actually join in and we can have no, a longer debate good. on it. Unfortunately, making you speak your mind before it ended, I didn't realize how close we came. So, for now, I would say that this was a rousing success. So long as no one was actually listening to us, I'm gonna go back and listen to it and see how uh, dumb I sound on the radio, and just yeah, see if we do hear that same. British chick. Um, I think we do hear her. I'm almost positive, um, or maybe not. Maybe it's just us. I don't know. So we'll see. Connor was nice enough to create some music for us that we're going to hopefully have at the opening. Um, and like I said, this is definitely going to be something we want to have a little fun with. I don't want it to be too serious. Um, hopefully Mike is impressed enough that he sticks around. Otherwise I do anticipate one way or another to kind of have a rotating host or not a rotating host, but a rotating uh, just table of guests, whether it's writers for the website or people who just want to hop on that we'd like to have. So we are, uh, 
not devoid of writers on Blue Shirt Banter. Definitely good to get all their opinions. And if you did not know, we officially introduced Hockey Stat Miner to the website uh, as a uh, an editor and a writer. So he's got a couple of really cool things that he's going to roll out. Don't want to give too much away right now. You could probably figure it out from his feed, but we're kind of figuring out how we're going to work that into the, the day-to-day coverage of the Rangers. And um, let's just say that it's perfect to know for the trade deadline. So uh, I will leave it at that. You are listening to Bantering the Blue Shirts. Thank you for listening. Uh, again, I'm anticipating that everybody who is listening to this right now is listening to the downloaded copy, but we're going to give you a little bit more information on when we think we're going to be doing this every week, what we plan on doing, how long it's going to be. You'll have all that information and we just had to get the ball rolling. Cause like I said, Mike has been begging us to do or begging me to do this for months and I needed a new computer and some time. And it looks like we have both of those things now. So Mike, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Is there anything you'd like to add before we sign off? No, just uh, Darius Kasparitis at the uh, Rangers-Devils game. He looks like something. He's uh, uh, coming out of retirement, apparently, to uh, – Yeah, for – yeah, for what is it, Latvia or Lithuania? Yeah, to try to try to help out. So that should be interesting. Now, he's got to be in his mid-40s, no? Yeah. Like, he's he one of those guys that looks like he has a lot of extra meat on his head. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> interesting to watch. That's for the World Cup, right? He wants to come out for that. Yeah, I believe that's what he wants to do. The old Casper. What was it? Yeah, that'll be him? Uh, What do you mean? Money, what was it? Nine mil? What was oh, it? yeah, it was a lot of money. Yeah, it probably was something around. No, I Holik was nine mil. Holik. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody was higher than Holik. Uh, yeah, was probably, okay. probably yeah. seven, seven and a half back in the day when you could throw that kind of money around, and the Rangers did. Thank God we didn't have a podcast back then because it probably would have been. Oh, Lord. Um, a little ugly, but yes, uh, once again, I am Joe Fortunato. You are listening to Bantering the Blue Shirts, the new official podcast of Blue Shirt Panther SB Nation's home of the New York Rangers. I am joined today by Mike. Hopefully he will stick around. And like I said, we're going to kind of dive into this head first and figure things out as we go. But just wanted to thank all of you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy.